Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. So for most of us, summer is on its way or is already here. And for most of us, that means that our kids are not going to be in school and they're going to have a lot of downtime. And intuitively, you would think that that's a great thing that, you know, they're not going to have to worry about rushing around. They're not going to have to worry about going to school, about peer pressure, all the things that can really make anxiety or OCD far worse. But there are some downsides. I'm going to talk about kind of the downsides of downtime. And, you know, I don't like to complain about a problem without giving a solution. So I'm going to talk about how to be proactive, maybe nip this in the bud before it even gets started and set yourself up for success before your summer even gets started. But before we get started with that, I do want to say thank you to NoCD because NoCD is sponsoring this episode. And NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy. They are available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. And you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is a right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. That is treatmyocd.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about summer. So I'm in Arizona. And in Arizona, for some reason, my kids get out of school really early, uh, much earlier than the rest of the country, it seems like. So we just started our summer already. And today I'm recording this. It's May 23rd. I'm recording it. I'm like two weeks ahead. So yay me. (laughs) But they're already out. This was, they got out last Wednesday. And so we've had a few days of summer already. I know a lot of you are East Coast gets out like in September. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about when they go back to school in June. So you might be listening to this and think, you know, we're like, we're a month out on this, but it's good to start thinking about this. The reason why sometimes downtime can be difficult, and I'm going to talk about why it can be difficult. I'm going to talk about why it can be good, but maybe sometimes too good. And we don't want to get into some habits that are going to bite us in the butt when we return to school. So let's let's deal with both of those. So we'll talk about first a child who has actually a hard time during the summer. And a lot of times parents are surprised by this or they're caught off guard by it. They don't expect it. They think, you know, they get to relax. They don't have any expectations. But when you have intrusive thoughts or feelings, that schedule, that routine is actually innately distracting. And so the mind is busy. It's full of appointments and schedules and homework and classes and extracurricular activities. And it's busy. Play dates, right? Social gatherings, you know, people texting about things that happen at school. And that busyness is just a natural distraction to the intrusive thoughts and feelings. And so when things start to quiet down, those intrusive thoughts and feelings become louder. And it might show up as a lot of, you know, difficult behavior. It might show up as a lot of nagging. I'm so bored. I can't do this. What should I do? And you might just think, 
you know, I have kind of an entitled kid. They just want to be entertained 24-7. And if you have a child with anxiety or OCD, with any difficult behavior, we have to take, we have to look at it from two different lenses. We have to look at it from our typical parenting lens. And we also have to filter it through the anxiety or OCD lens and say, could there be something more going on here? And a lot of times, if our child's having a big reaction to something, sometimes it's anxiety or OCD driven. So that need to talk to you or do something or give me a list of things to do, or we need to get out of the house or we need to keep busy can be because I don't want to keep listening to these intrusive thoughts or feelings. So that's part of it. Anxious kids in general often don't do well with little structure. Now, some of you might have the opposite and I will get to you. Trust me, we will get to you because some of you might be not, you know, shaking your head and saying, nope, I don't know what she's talking about. That's not my kid. My kid would love it if they could just live in their bedroom 24-7. We're going to get to you because there's other things to talk about related to that. But a lot of us are caught off guard by the anxiety or OCD that pops up. And when I was seeing kids in my practice, since then I've closed my practice last year and I'm focusing on providing resources online and in my AT Parenting Community membership. But when I was in practice, I was surprised at the uptick of appointments that would happen in the summer because I figured the summer's going to be really quiet. And the beginning of school was definitely busier than summer for sure, partly because people were going on vacation and doing summer things. But there was a little uptick on a particular theme, and that was the inability to sit with their own thoughts and the, the lack of structure created their anxiety or OCD to go haywire. And so even if you have a child who really just wants to relax, they don't want to have to get up and do anything. They don't want to have any responsibilities. Your anxious child, and this is like for the anxious person, can get stir crazy without structure. And so even if they don't cognitively or like consciously believe that they need structure, their anxiety does need structure. And so giving some framework to the day helps each day not look like Groundhog Day, which actually can help ground our kids with anxiety or OCD and give them more purpose and actually help them because they have contrast. You know, they're not just lounging around and, you know, every day looks the same. It's just rinse and repeat because they have contrast of I have to do this and then I get to relax and I have to do this and I get to relax. They start to appreciate that relaxation a lot more than if that's all they got. It's like if you went to a dessert buffet and all you could do was eat all that dessert, eventually get sick of staring at dessert and eventually your stomach starts to hurt or you start to feel like queasy and you're like, I just need to leave this buffet. Like it was very exciting at first, but now I'm done. And that can be the same type of feeling when we're talking about a summer break without a lot of activities going on. But it's a balance and every kid is going to be different as far as what they need. So we're going to talk kind of in generalities, but you have to tweak it for your your children. So my kids love downtime. They love to do nothing to the point where I really am very careful about what extracurricular activities I sign them up for because I know my kids need a lot of downtime. They need to decompress. When we go traveling, which we are doing so much. We need to schedule, and I haven't been very good about doing this because my husband, when he was alive, needed a lot more downtime than me. And so now that he's not here and we're traveling, he was kind of the impetus of like, let's just spend a few hours in the hotel room and then we'll come back out in the evening, you know, and he needed that reset 
more than I did. And now I feel like I'm over scheduling activities when we go on trips because he's not the one kind of encouraging downtime, but I could tell that my kids need it. And so I'm, you know, it's a learning curve for me. So on the other side of things, because we're going to talk about the problem and then we're going to talk about what to do about it. On the opposite end of the spectrum is the child who maybe has a hard time doing things in general. And maybe, you know, they had some school anxiety, school refusal, don't want to go out. And so summer is perfect. There are no expectations. There's no battles to get them to school. There's no external pressure. And so it might feel like a big sigh for the whole family. We have a few months where we don't have to battle. Just sleep in, do your thing. I'll do my thing. And then we'll meet up in the beginning of the school year. (laughs) So the problem with that is that the cozier and comfortable and more comfortable they get, especially if they're going deeper into that coziness because school is over, it'll be harder to get them to go back to school. And so having some structure in your day, and we'll talk about what that will look like because it will look different for each person, but having some organization, we'll talk about the level of organization because I don't like micromanaging my kids and I don't like to have a tight schedule, you know, because who wants that, right? But we'll talk about it. But having nothing can really backfire because then your kids are vampires. <laughs> and I saw this all the time in my practice. And I saw it with my teenage daughter too, is over time, depending on how old they are and how strict you are with what time they go to bed, they turn into vampires. And so, you know, they're going to bed at 10 PM and waking up at like, you know, 11 AM. Then they're going to bed at like 12 and they're waking up at 12. And then they're wake- they're going to bed at two and they're waking up at like one or two. And all of a sudden their nights and days are backwards. And then it's almost like jet lag when you have to get them back to school. So keeping some organization and some structure can be very helpful. Now, having said that, if you have a teenager, there comes a time where it seems almost developmentally out of sync to micromanage our kids. And every parent has a different child or teenager. And so I'm just not one of those therapists who likes to talk in absolutes because I know that there are exceptions to the rule and I know that every kid is different. And so I try to make these conversations as general and flexible as I possibly can, because I know my kids are different than your kids and your kids are different than someone else's kids. And so, but I would say in my house with my teenager, she's 18, she just graduated and she is off to college to be an art major, which is very exciting. And oh my gosh, you should see her art. (laughs) I think every mom says that, but her art, I mean, like seriously, it looks like a photograph. She's very, very talented, but I don't micromanage her time. And I haven't since probably, I would say high school. Like once she got into high school, she's super responsible and she, you know, she got like almost straight A's and she did her stuff. And so I didn't have to babysit her too much because I poured a lot of my effort into the foundation when she was younger. And then once that foundation is set, you know, you want them to, to feel their independence and you want them to develop their own schedules. And I want my child to build their life skills before they go to college so that they're not flailing when they get to college. So I want them to have some wiggle room for the four years in high school. Ideally, now there are high school students where you can't do that because they're just not ready developmentally or their maturity level is not there or 
maybe their mental health is not there. But with my daughter, I don't do a schedule. So everything I'm going to talk about is just for my younger two who are 10 and 12, because she is learning how to grow those independent muscles and manage herself. And so I did let her sleep until like, you know, she would turn into a vampire and she'd go to bed at 2 a.m., but then she would feel the pain when she had to get up for school at 7. And and so she learned how to manage herself. And because I think a lot of times, and this is what the topic of this episode is, but I think it's something just good to talk about briefly, is just fostering that independence and fostering them to make bad choices, you know, safe but bad choices, so that they can say, you know what? That doesn't feel good. I don't like how I felt having to take an exam today when I only got like four hours of sleep. So by the time they get to college, they know if I go to bed at 2 a.m. and I wake up and I have to go to my college class, I'm going to be so, so exhausted. So we do want to give some wiggle room for that. But having said that, for our other kids or kids that need the structure, having some organization to the day can be helpful. So let's talk about what that is. So we talked about why it's needed, and let's talk about what it is. Um, and my kids hate it, so I'll just like preface this whole thing with: don't gauge your parental decisions or your parental success on your child's reactions to your choices. A lot of parents will do that. I'll see that a lot in the AT parenting community, where members will say, "I don't think this is going well because she's really upset about this." <laughs> it's like, well. I don't think that that's a good gauge on whether this is a good plan or not, because our goal as parents aren't always like to make our kids happy and love us, you know, with every decision we make, it's for us to make decisions that will help them grow and learn and how to become effective adults. And that's, that's the goal. And so my kids were not happy when I said, you know, summer's starting and we're going to have a summer schedule. <laughs> and there was like grumbling. Oh my gosh, why can't we just relax? I just want to relax. But I know that for my son who's 12, if he just had like, you know, free range of whatever he wanted to do, he would just play VR like from the moment he woke up, which will be probably around 11 or 12 p.m. And then he would play until, you know, he decided to go to bed, which would be like, midnight and then he would do the same thing the next day and eventually he would he would enjoy it and he would he could do that the entire summer and that would be his summer and that would be the end of that and then getting him back to a routine where he had to do responsible things you know and spend most of his day at school doing things that he doesn't enjoy that'll be a hard shift because when you are doing something you like 24/7 it's a hard shift to go back to pretty much giving up your freedom the bulk of the day and that's just the structure of society um, for most of us. Some of us not if you're homeschooling, but for him, he goes to public school. And so that would be a hard shift. And so that wouldn't be good for him. Now, my daughter, who is 10, she's different than him. You know, she likes to keep busy because she wants to drown out those intrusive thoughts and feelings that she does get. And they do get louder in the summer sometimes when she has more downtime. She becomes angry bored right? Which gives me an, a little red flag indication that there's something more going on because there's anger behind it. So when she has anger with her boredom or anger with her refusal to do something for her, that normally is a red flag that there's something more going on. For me, it's a tell that there's maybe some anxiety or OCD behind that. And so, and she's creative. So she'll wind up doing like art and she'll be baking. She's actually baking right now as I speak. 
she'll do a lot of creative things. So it's not that she's so plugged in that I get concerned, but she becomes very stir crazy. And that's, I think her anxiety and OCD as well is that she becomes stir crazy. She's, you know, getting bombarded with a lot of intrusive thoughts and feelings. But even besides that, just her anxiety likes structure and she likes to keep busy. So two very different personalities, but both would do well with some sort of foundational structure in their day. And I honestly believe that every kid would benefit from mild structure in the summer. Some parents overstructure. And I have made that mistake in my past where I'd be like, 8 a.m. you wake up and 9 a.m. you do this and 10 a.m. you do this. And who wants to live like that? Those are my very early days of my parenting where I was like, you know, uber parent. And I was like, we're going to like just organize this and we'll have a baking class and we'll have like walk in the park class. And I actually did that when COVID happened too. And we had to like, like school our own kids for a brief period of time. I tried to do that and it fell, it fell on its face very quickly because that doesn't really suit my kids and it doesn't suit me. And so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some loose structure. And so I'll tell you what I'm doing, and it's going to look different for each one of us based on what you value, what you want your kids to do during their free time, how much structure you think your kids need, and what is doable as far as enforcement and what's doable as far as their cooperation. So there's a lot of factors in here, but the, the general message is have some structure. And structure could be just they wake up at a certain time and they go to bed at a certain time. And that might be your structure, but that is something more than nothing that's keeping, you know, their night and days not mixed up. It's keeping some sort of routine in the morning. So structure could be very, very loose. At my house, I wanted a little bit more structure. And so I created this schedule and I was 100% sure I was going to get like a revolt on my hand. I was actually nervous about doing it because I don't like doing things that fail. And part of that is because. I think it weakens my parenting. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to tell your kids they have a consequence for something, or if you're going to tell your kids they have this limit or this boundary because of blah, 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 if you throw it out there, you want to be somewhat consistent because then it waters down your parenting. And so, you know, you can collaborate with your kids and negotiate with your kids, but once something is decided, it is good to try to stick with it, to be consistent, to say, when I say things or when I implement things, they happen. You know, I mean, like how many people implement different approaches or different behavior plans or different tokens or coins or stickers? And, you know, it's great for like a week or two and then you don't want to do it. It's like, oh my gosh, I forgot about the stupid stickers. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about sticker, like reinforcement stuff. You know, we don't have to get into that because I, I respect everyone's approach, parenting approach, whether you want to do. Ross Green approach or your own, you know, different type of parenting approach or more of an old school parent. I mean, you do you. I really don't like when people tell people how to parent. Like it's everybody can find what resonates with them. But you don't want to set something up like this. You don't want to set up a structure and then you can't follow through yourself. And so then you send a message to your kids that, you know, I don't finish my own stuff or I set things up and then what I say doesn't have any value or I don't have the energy to even implement this. So be careful with what you set up. So I was nervous about it, to be honest, because I wanted to structure something a little bit more than I normally do. 
I don't think, so last summer, my husband had died a few months before. Let's see, he died in February, March, April, May. Yeah. So it was like three and a half months after his death. And so last summer was just a blur. We didn't structure anything. We were all just pretty comatose and still in shock. And the summer before that, there was COVID going on. And so I felt like summer didn't feel like any different than school because they were home all the time. So it's been a long time since we've actually had like a traditional summer. So I was nervous about it because I wasn't sure. They're older now, you know, they're more opinionated, they're more oppositional. So I made this schedule and I was like, 10 o'clock. So I'll tell you my schedule. Now you do you. I'm just telling you what I do. I'm not saying that you have to do this, but I'm just giving you an example. So I was like, I and I like went on Canva and I like made a cute little like postcard printout of it and I put it on our whiteboard because I'm weird that way. And I was like, okay, 10 o'clock, you wake up, have breakfast, and you have to do a project. And every day, so I have a whiteboard. And normally on the whiteboard, I write down like our schedule. And I started doing that because I was in grief and like none of us remembered the date or the time or what we were doing. And I didn't remember what I was doing. So I had to write it down and actually helped all of us. It like grounded all of us. Like today is this date. And these are the things we're doing. I even had like, and I still do this. I write down when they've showered last because I forget. So I wrote Monday through Friday, and then I just like put a little red circle around the last time they showered. It sounds gross, but my husband used to remember. He'd be like, hey, you haven't showered in two days. You need to shower. And I'd be like, that was his thing. I like didn't remember when they showered last. And so I had to develop something. So we have some structure already in place. So I have this whiteboard. And so I will write down the project for that day. And normally, well, we are only a few days into this, so hopefully this will stick. But there are things that I would have to do. And so I'll give you some examples of the projects. And so it's only like 10 to 11 that they're going to do a project. And it's like, go through your clothes and make a pile for donation for clothes that you don't want to wear or clothes that don't fit you. Like that's an example of a project or clean out the art cabinet. Or I'm trying to think what was the other one? Oh, clean out your junk drawer. So it's just like small little things that normally I would do over the summer that I want them to do because I feel like I do way too much for my kids. And we want to foster independence. And so it's not even about whether we can or can't do it. It's should we do it because we want to really foster independence. We want to foster community. Like this is a community. This is a family affair. Like we all pitch in and do our thing. And because my kids, you know, they were dealing with grief and then we have some pretty intense anxiety and OCD issues in the past. During the school year, I don't make them do chores. They have to clean up after themselves, but they don't have chores. And Part of it is like, I just knew they had so much on their plate that I didn't want to add to their plate in that moment. But now it's the summer. I'm working still and they're just relaxing. And so so I have 10 to 11 project, which is not a chore. It's like something to clean or something to like fix. It might be like a little uh, assignment. I don't know. And sometimes I might not come up with anything. And then it's 11 to 2. Yeah, I think it's 11 to 2 free time. So do whatever you want. And then at two, let me just, okay, no, actually I had to pull up my picture. (laughs) So I did this like whole like, hello, summer schedule. And I made this cute little Canva thing on it and I pinned it on the whiteboard so that they can see it. So it's wake up and free time and then 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock house project, check the board. And so I assign something to each kit, different things. Then 11 to one is free time. And then one to do is daily chore. I wrote, check the board. And so I assign chores each day and then two to four free time, five to six 
they need to do ERP and read. So that's an exposure of some sort, six to eight free time, eight to nine shower, and they go to bed by 10. That's the summer schedule. That's my schedule. That works for me because the house project really helps because I like to clean up the nooks and crannies of the house. And most of the time it's their nooks and crannies. And so I always feel like they have too much going on. I don't want to upset them. Actually, I I don't want to say that. It's not that I don't want to upset them. It's I don't want to overwhelm them. And I can tell they're already overwhelmed with life. I don't want to add to it. And I don't think I can sometimes be consistent with you know, following through and making sure they do it. So I don't want to even say it because I don't think I can have the follow through. But the summer, I do have time. And then the daily chore, my kids don't do chores. I have some that comes to clean the house. You know, I know that, you know, I have incredible gratitude that I'm able to do that. But I just, something had to give, you know, with raising three kids on my own and doing my online business and not having any like family around to kind of give me a break. That had to go. And so that is well invested money. And I will always invest money in that because that's self care to have somebody else come and help me with that. But they still need to learn how to do these chores. They need to know how to do dishes. They need to how to, they do their own laundry. Well, in my house, if you're 12 or older, you have to do your own laundry. So my 10 year old is still not doing her laundry, but she knows that when she's 12, she'll have to do her own laundry as well. So my point is that you do you. For me, The project is helpful for me because I don't like clutter. The chore, I feel like, is I don't need them to do chores, to be honest, except for the dishes. I have someone who comes and cleans the house, and I'm a very neat person. And so there aren't a lot of chores to be done. But they need to learn how to pitch in. They need to learn life skills. So to me, that's a value. And then the last one is therapy type of stuff. Like they need to do an exposure a day. And I'm not good about that during the school year. And to have it just part of our schedule will keep them doing it and will keep me honest to make sure that they're getting it done. And so, you know, a lot of times the project or the chore or the exposure doesn't take a full hour. It will take like 15, 20 minutes for a lot of it. And they have more free time. And so that's a lot of free time. What is that? Let's see, two, four, it's eight, it's like nine or 10 hours of free time all day long. <laughs> That's what I said to my 10-year-old when she was like, no, I can't have a schedule. We have schedules at school. I just want to relax. I just want to. But you know what's funny is that, so I put the schedule up and then everyone got really upset by it. And then I said to my daughter and to my son, my daughter was more upset than my son. Ironically, my son, who's 12, was like, I think that's a really good idea, mom, because if you didn't do a schedule, I think I'd be on VR all day long. And, you know, I, I I like it. I like the idea of, you know, being told to go do something else and it'll make me feel better, make me feel like I'm doing something, I'm being productive. So he had a very mature reaction to it, but my 10-year-old did not. She flipped out, got really upset. And I said, look, I am more than happy to look at your version of the schedule. Tell me what you want differently. I don't want a schedule. And I said, well, we're going to have a schedule. That's going to happen because there are some things that you have to do during the day, even in the summer to help out. We're a family. You do need a bedtime because I don't want any vampires in this house. They don't don't have a wake up time. They can sleep in as long as they want. But the rule is that as soon as they wake up, they can have breakfast, but they're not allowed to go on any of their electronics or anything until they do their house project if there is one. And so she was really upset about it. And I said, rewrite the schedule. I'm more than happy to look at, you know, what other alternatives you have. 
And she was like, I'm trying to think if she said anything. I'm trying to think if she even wrote a schedule. I don't think she did. She said, it's fine. Forget it. You know, oh no, I think she didn't like the reading, the five to six exposure and reading. She's not a big reader. And I said to her, okay, we can take that off. I don't care. You know, if you don't want to read, that's fine. It's not one of my values right now. She's very smart. She can read. And so I said, but you do have to do your, do your exposure. And she said, fine. And sometimes giving them a little dialogue, collaborating with them, right? Like we're going to have a schedule, but I'm more than happy to hear what you want on your schedule. And if you don't like the way that it's written, let's talk about it. And so, and I said to her, if you calculate all that time, that's like 10 hours of free time a day. And so anyway, pinned it up. And what I did is I went to Alexa and I set reminders or announcements. And so at 10 a.m., she announces, this is a reminder, you know, it's time to do your house project. (laughs) And then she announces at one, this is a reminder, time to do your daily chore. And then she announces at five, time to do your exposure. I don't care about the reading part. And the weird thing is they've been doing it. (laughs) I didn't expect them to do it, to be honest. I thought that I would have to like really micromanage it. And that was the part that I was nervous about because I'm working. I work from home doing this stuff, but I'm work. I work like I work eight to five. Like I work all day long. This stuff takes a lot of work. And so I didn't want to have to babysit and, and be like the schedule police. And that's why I had Alexa announce it in hopes that, you know, they just listen to her. <laughs> She's reasonable. She's not your mom. Just listen to her. And they are. I mean, that's a shocker is that they are. I mean, there have been some times where I've come out and it's like, you know, it's five o'clock and they're not doing their exposures or um, my daughter needs me because we role play right now for her exposure. So she kind of needs me to do it. But there have been times where I've come out and they're not doing it, but the majority of the time they're doing it. And I have it, I have it in my back pocket that I was going to threaten them and say, you know, if I come out and I see that you're not doing the breaks, the the house project, the chore, or the exposure, there's only three things they have to do within the day, but it breaks up their day. I did that intentionally. So they can't just get it all done really quickly in the morning and then have the rest of the day free. I'm doing it on purpose to break up their day, 10 o'clock, one o'clock, five o'clock, eight o'clock for the shower. <laughs> if they remember to shower, they don't shower every day, I'll be honest. They're not at that stage yet in development that they actually care. But Every two days, (laughs) they will shower every three days. Sometimes it goes longer because I forget and they're just not doing it, but that's gross. But I purposely have it going throughout their day because the idea of it is to anchor their day in, you know, there's a 10 o'clock anchor. There's a middle of the day anchor. There's like an evening anchor. It disrupts their day and it makes them have new awareness and new appreciation for their free time. So when they're done with their house project, whatever that is, and normally it takes them 15 to 20 minutes, they're like, ah, I get to relax. And then, oh, I got to do my chore. Ah, I get to relax again. I got to go do this. Ah, I get to relax again. And it's like bringing up that awareness and gratitude of I get this free time. And I think actually as human beings, we need that. I think I need that sometimes. Sometimes when I have I'm on a trip and I have like too much vacation or I've gone on a cruise where it's like just constantly eating and relaxing and then going somewhere really cool and then relaxing and then eating. 
I actually get to a point, maybe this is a me thing because some of you are probably like, what is wrong with her? But I get to a point where it feels too much. Like, it's just like, how much can we eat? You know? And I'm like, I'm just tired of like all the relaxing. (laughs) That might be a me problem. But when I have contrast, like, you know, when I work all week and then I have a weekend and I get to relax and really enjoy it. And then I have to work all week. I really enjoy the weekend better because it's, you know, the contrast is more, more obvious. And so that's, that's part of what it does. And it also anchors our kids throughout their day and it prepares them for some structure for the school year. And so when you have that child who is sleeping all day and wanting to stay in their bed all day and is like on their electronics all day, that big jump from that to going to school all day is going to be a hard shift like we talked about before. And so having this little structure, and it can look different for each one of you. These are my values. These are things that I find important. I want my kids to help me with the projects. I want my kids to learn daily life skills. I want them to learn how to clean a toilet bowl and do dishes. I want that. I want them to learn how to cook. Sometimes their chore might be something like bake a cake or, you know, make a panini. Like it, it's not always going to be about cleaning. And so to me, I value that. And I, of course, I value doing an exposure or a challenge towards their anxiety or OCD. And so that's why I picked those three things, but you might pick something else. You might just say, I want them to have, you know, a non vampire schedule. And so I'm going to have a wake up time, which might be like 11 AM, but a wake up time. And I might have a bedtime, you know, and it could be midnight. You know, I might want, I just want them to go to bed at a decent hour. Once they hit a certain age, it's kind of hard to, to micromanage that kind of stuff. But if you have a younger kid, then you're the parent and they're the child and they'll follow your lead if you're confident with it. So the purpose of the schedule is not to overwhelm you. So pick something that you feel like you can manage that you feel like your kids can manage and that you can be consistent with because it's better to do nothing than to do something (laughs) half-assed. It's just true. Don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass anything because you want to do what you do do. You want to do it well and you want to show up 100% with the things that you're going to commit yourself to. And I think a lot of times we do a lot of stuff half-assed when we could just do one thing really well. So don't do something, don't set something up and get like overzealous and like Pinteresty mommy, you know, and then not want to do it anymore. And there's nothing wrong with not wanting to do it. It's like, there's something beautiful in knowing your limitations. So if you say, you know what, I need a break. I can't have a schedule because that seems like a lot for me. Like I'm excited about not having to micromanage my kids. Then don't have a schedule. Or have one anchor in the middle of the day where maybe you just, you know, do a project or you have the kids do a project or you go for a walk. Like you can just say like, we're having, you know, our walk at, you know, lunchtime or we go swimming at this time. You can have one activity and even that anchors the day. And I've had summers where I've done that, where like we just do one thing as a family together Or if that's too much, because a lot of times I don't want to do anything as a family. I'm tired. I don't want to be part of it. Um, I'm not part of any of their schedule. There's no family time on there. And that's on purpose because I don't enjoy that. (laughs) That just sounded horrible. I, I don't enjoy like 
and everyone's different, so don't judge me. <laughs> you know, I don't enjoy playing board games with my kids. I don't enjoy, they're older now, so I don't get on the floor with them and play Barbies. or. And so we started a thing where we were doing like a family adventure book. And it, it's a really cool book and you like scratch off activities. And, and we started it and then it was like too much. I was like, oh, I don't want to set that up. And the activities are so like in there's so much to them. You know, it's like sometimes you have to go out and buy stuff and it was a lot and I was not enjoying it. It felt like a burden. It felt like an obligation. And my daughter would say, oh, it's Sunday. Let's do the book. And I'd be like, oh yeah, let's do the book. And it was not something that my soul wanted to do. And so it fell to the wayside pretty quickly. I think we did three of them. And then it was me going, no, not today. No, I'm really tired. And so then it it's like a tool that actually makes me feel guilty and bad. So don't, I'm speaking to myself as well, don't introduce things in your schedule or in your family or in your parenting that you don't really, that, do, that doesn't light you up. Because when we do that, then we wind up creating something that's going to add to our parental guilt. And we have enough of that. So create a schedule that is doable and that works for you as well. This works really well for me because it's helping me. The projects, it's really cool today. They all went through their closets and they had piles of clothes they're donating. And that was on my my summer to-do list. The dishes are done. And it's crazy. I mean, I left the sink full of dishes last night. I made this sweet and sour chicken and it was like a huge pot and it was a mess. And my son liked to do, to do the dishes. And in fact, he was saying as he was doing them, he goes, mom, this is actually a chore and an exposure because this stuff is disgusting. And he has some disgust OCD themes. And he's like, so this is like, this is killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> I was like, it is. But there's still a novelty because they don't normally do the dishes. And so we're at the beginning of the summer where they're kind of like, my my daughter's not excited about this, but my son is like a bit of a people pleaser and he can get into something if he's told to do it. So it doesn't involve me. It's only helping me. The project helps me. The chore helps me. And the exposure helps me because I feel like a good mom therapist because they're doing exposures because it's part of their schedule. So find what will help you. Don't do things that will actually make your life worse. We do that a lot as parents and that's not helpful. So Pick something that will help you. Pick something that you don't have to micromanage. If you feel like your child's way too oppositional and way too difficult, then don't do it. Don't set yourself up for failure and set them up for failure. My kids aren't oppositional. They're kind of passive, but surprisingly, they will do what I say. I wasn't sure because they're getting older, but there is a respect there with my kids and I that they will do what I say. You know, if sometimes if I don't babysit it, they'll kind of wait for me to tell them. But so far, it's much better than it has been because they're getting older. So it's a long episode to say, do some sort of structuring for the summer, whatever that might look like for you, because it's going to help your kids. It helps their mental health. When I don't have structure, my anxiety gets much worse. I feel disoriented. I feel ungrounded when I have some structure. And even if that is I wake up and I have my coffee. And then midday, I go for a walk. And then in the evening, I meditate. Just having those three anchors that kind of remind me of what my day is. I even have stupid structures like I have salt lamps. And now you're like, okay, Natasha's weird. I love salt lamps. They look like candles, but they're 
lamps, you know, they're pretty and they give like a room ambiance. But when I come into my home office, I turn it on and it's an indication to me I'm working. That lamp is on. I have like a little smelly thing I put on. It's like one of those tins with gel smells. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but I turn that on. And so there's a smell in here and it lets me know I'm working. The light is on. And then when I'm done working, I turn it off. I turn the lamp off. I turn the smell off. And so even if I come back into this room because I just want to relax and it's less noisy in here, the lamp is not on and I know it's not my work. And when it gets evening and it gets dark, I turn my bedroom lamps on and I turn my salt lamp in my bedroom on. And those are rituals, not compulsions, because I can do without doing them, but they're rituals, positive rituals, that symbolize to my brain, now the evening is coming. Now it's wind down time. And this is actually really good when you work from home, especially too, or if your kids are homeschooled at home, which I guess that's kind of redundant. (laughs) I mean, I guess you can homeschool and still go out a little bit, but having those visual cues that anchor your day and they say, this is the morning, this is the evening, this is the, the, the midday break or whatever does a lot for anxiety. It really helps ground people and it helps structure the day. So I use my kids schedule as an example, but I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, try to find some anchors, visual anchors or schedule anchors that help structure their day and, and ground them. And that can be really helpful. So I hope that you're finding this podcast helpful. And if you are, please don't forget to hit a star on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you consume your podcasts. If you have a few extra moments and you want to leave me a review, you know I greatly appreciate that. And to show my appreciation, I generally like to end reading one of them. And I'm going to go see if any if there's any to read. Can't remember if I read this one already, but Jojo from the UK wrote first time listening, eye opening. I found this podcast today and found it really informative and will be using red and green thoughts for my son. Love that it was taken from real experiences and how you, you spoke so openly. Positives will come. Thank you much love. Jojo from the UK. I don't think I read that, but if I did, I'm just going to give you another shout out. Thank you for writing that review. And maybe if you write a review, I'll be reading yours next time. So please don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.